Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP. Welcome aboard, Eric Hayes. Welcome aboard, Paul Fleming. ATL checking in, Julie Van Ostel. Good afternoon, Egberto, Bridge MCP and all. Thank you. Welcome aboard, Lee Grant. Welcome aboard, uh, para ver, para ver, Deb Denny. Welcome aboard. I like that. Howdy, y'all. Very Texan. Howdy, y'all. Actually, you need another why. Howdy, y'all. That's how we say it here in Texas. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just having fun. Anyway, folks, we're going to have a great show for you today. Hey, Bridge, I got that picture of your dad who, was, who remained alive after being... Uh, just to give, send me a message if I can put that on the screen to let, it, to let, to let everybody know we are a a family of activists around here, my friend. Eric says $2.3 trillion will be spread over eight years, but it will take 15 years to pay it off. Nice deficit spending. Wow. A mortgage generally takes 30 years to, to pay it off. Isn't 15 years like a, like a deal? Oh, come on now. Eric, that's, I think that's good spending, but let me, let me tell you something else. Why do they give you a mortgage for 30 years? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that can happen in 30 years, right? You can drop dead. You can go bankrupt. All those things are possible in 30 years, but they still give you a mortgage that's worth several times your total yearly earnings, right? A lot of times, people, homes cost three, four, five times what they make. But the bank still gives you a loan, right? Let me explain this to you, brother Eric Hayes. If what you are purchasing, if what you're getting a loan for is backed by something of value, then it's just of exchange of capital, right? And the only person who really gets a whole bunch is that bank who makes the interest on that capital. Capitalism, brother, it's an interesting thing. Only one person always wins, right? The capitalist. Come on, guy. Understand the concept. You own a home. You went to the bank and say, I'd like to pay for this house off in 30 years. And the bank says, okay. I'll put a lien, I have a lien on that home until you pay it off. At what point, I own all what's not paid off in that loan. So therefore, we got the home, we got the, how, we got the loan. There is an equal exchange of money. When that home appreciates, guess what happened to that loan? That loan stays the same. It's called the building of capital, but that's another story. Then Eric comes back and says, 97% of us... Roadways are state and local government control versus 3% federal. Who cares? It's an asset. It's an asset that's owned by U.S. citizens, irrespective of what state you live in. I'm pretty sure you drive from Texas to New York or from Texas to California, and you don't pay when you go on the public roads in Texas, Oklahoma, or anywhere else. It's a very, very good. Even if you put a 15% down payment, Eric, doesn't really matter, right? The house is still backed. The, the loan is still backed by the home, the price of the home. It's that simple. It is that simple. Julie Van Asdel just became a, a... Oh, thank you so kindly, Julie Van Asdel. Julie just became our newest, our newest independent media warrior. Our newest independent media warrior. Media supporter. Thank you so kindly, 
Julie Van Ostel for becoming our latest member of the PDR Posse. And you know you're gonna hear from um, you're gonna hear from Bridge MCP right away because you know Bridge Bridge don't let this stuff slide, man. Bridge is always on your case, right, Bridge? You know I like to give Bridge a hard time. Bridge is or she runs the PDR Posse. Let me go ahead and put that up on the screen. I can't have my new peeps come in and not have them displayed on our screen. It is a must. Anyway, we're gonna have a great show, and I'm gonna get into the show. As soon as I get, get Julie's on the screen, I want to make sure and do things right to all our new peeps. So here is... Para ver donde esta mi mujer. Okay. There is Julie Van Astel's banner. Uh, there we go. I think I got it. There is Julie Van Astel banner. She is our newest, our latest... Welcome to Support Independent Media. Thank you so kindly. Thank you, Bridge. Okay, uh, before we get started, I, you remember yesterday when we left, Bridge had sent us a picture and she said, my dad was an activist. He did his thing and he's still alive. There is the picture of Bridge MCP dad <laughs> with the cops. Bridge, your dad's a warrior. Look at him. Look at him taking over those cops. Those, it took one, two, three, four, five, six cops. <laughs> and Bridge MCP guys still going, still going. There's a picture of Bridge MCP's dad. I think it's quite funny. Hey, Bridge, tell your dad. Egberto says, whoop, whoop, because we're proud of him for, for doing the right thing, for being el protagonista del, del, del uno héroe. Okay? Anyhow, let's get back to the show, folks. Let's get back to the show. Put that banner back up there. Okay, here's the deal, folks. Um, what is the show about today? Let's talk about what the show is about today. If I can get it onto the screen. Uh, there we go. The show today is about Tax the Rich, Buttigieg Slams Texas, Jackson Lee for Court Expansion, Medicare for All GOP Fail. All Bridge MCP all over the front page then. Yes, 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 yes. Anyhow, so let's go to our first uh, video. The first video that I have for you guys. Uh, no, no. Before we go to the videos, you guys remember what happened in Texas? Because I want to talk about this first. What happened in Texas? A big freeze. And people just talk about the freeze, the freeze, the freeze, as if it's an insulated, I mean, I mean, in, uh, what? not insulated event, an event that's away from everything else, right? Look what came out. Breaking news in the Houston Chronicle. Exclusive. Nearly 200 died in Texas cold storm and blackouts almost double official count. Think about that. We have hurricanes in Texas all the times. We don't even get 200 people dead most of the times, except for Katrina, which was in Louisiana. That has other reasons for that massive death count. But we had a cold snap and 200 Texans died. That is on the heads of our Republican legislature who deregulated the power companies which caused the failure of our electrical grid that caused a whole lot of damage. Will they pay for this? Will we, will we hold them accountable for this so that they don't repeat this again? Isn't that what they always say? Law and order? Efficiency? Now that they've proven that capitalism does not work with things that are absolutely necessary where profit comes before humanity, is it something that they should see now? 
let's make sure at the polls in 2022, they do. It's very, very important. Anyhow, let's go to our first video. Sheila Jackson Lee of the Judicial Com Judiciary Committee. She supports what we need, what we must have, which is court expansion after three Supreme Court judges were stolen. Check this out. It was wonderful seeing a member of the Judiciary Committee, uh, Representative Sheila Jackson with the statement that she made about the Supreme Court. I want you to listen to this, not only the Supreme Court, about all the courts, but specifically the Supreme Court. Listen to this and then let's go ahead and take it on the other side because I think this is very important. Courts have not been a lifeline. In fact, they have pulled the rug from underneath justice, civil rights, uh, and equality in many of the cases that have gone before the courts. I am grateful now that we have the opportunity to, in quotes, intermingle uh, these nominees to yeah. be just as balanced as any other person could be on the court. Well, thank you for making the case for why diversity matters in our judiciary. Before we run out of time, less than a minute left, I've got to ask, what do you make of uh, growing chatter on op-ed pages here in Washington, D.C., that Justice Breyer should retire so that we don't get another RBG situation, so that Joe Biden will get a Supreme Court nomination and not the next, perhaps, Republican president, the last one appointed three in four years? And as a member of the Judiciary Committee, in fact, uh, one of our subcommittees uh, just last week had a hearing on diversity. I'd make the argument that it is not my position to speak to the retirement of Supreme Court justices. Uh, but it is important to make the point that the court is long overdue for the appointment of a black woman, uh, which President Biden has indicated yes. that he would be interested in doing. And so I'm going to be waiting patiently. Uh, and as well, I happen to be one of those that believes that the court would not be hurt by expanding the court. Uh, let's see what will happen. Well said, well said. Court expansion is a topic that needs to be discussed more. I'm glad you raised it. Thank you so much for your time tonight. appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you heard me now. Now, in a country as large as the United States, to have nine men or nine people, three women, uh, first of all, it should be uh, more women than men on the Supreme Court, but uh, the fact that we only have nine in a country this large, but worse... The fact that most of them were appointed by presidents who garnered less than the majority of the popular American vote means that we are not only undemocratic in the Senate, we're also undemocratic in the Supreme Court. And as we know, the Supreme Court holds a lot of power. The legislature and the executive can pass bills and pass laws. But if this particular Supreme Court comes out and says that law is unconstitutional, it means nine people who were elected by the minority of the United States citizens are the ones who determine what is right and wrong in this country, what policies get executed or not. That's not a democracy. That isn't something we should ever be proud of. We need to not only, as Sheila Jackson, uh, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee said there, we must expand the court. Donald Trump and his peons and others, they packed the court. What progressives need to get done is to expand the court, make it a more expansive body that is more representative of the United States of America. Exactly right. Expand the court. Anyhow, 
Let, let me tell you, Lee Grant, uh, why should we have more women than men in the Supreme Court? I would say several reasons. History. Over our history, we were dominated by men on the Supreme Court, which means we had a men-centric type policies. Do you think we would have uh, the type of draconian uh, uh, female reproductive controls if we had more women on the court? Right now, we have men dictating what women should do for birth control, what women should do with respect to their bodies and, and abortions, what women should do, what's acceptable for women. We've di dictated all of that, not only for decades, for centuries, since the inception of this country. I think it's high time for us to see what it would be like if the other gender who has not had uh, the right, the same right to monopolize the court as those of the male persuasion have had for several centuries, it's high time. So it may not be in the Constitution, but it would be the right thing to do. That is how you normalize things, right? We've had things look through the eyes of men for several centuries. Let's see what it looks like through the eyes of women. And I tell you what, if you want some examples, if you take a look around the world as far as how uh, the pandemic has been handled and how many things have been handled. I've been much more impressed with how women have been as leaders because I guess they're consensus builders and whatever. We don't know if that, that is causal because of past, in, past uh, you know, what has occurred in the past. But the fact of the matter is, if we take a, a look at the rest of the world, and that's all I care about, math, numbers, if you take a look at the rest of the world, uh, the countries, the substantive countries that, that we have good measurements for, when ran by women, we can look at uh, New Zealand, Australia, um, New Zealand, and I don't remember the other, uh, and, Germ and many others, seem to do much better. And I, ha I have a hunch there's a good reason for. I'm not going to talk about that right now. So that's the reason. It's not constitutional, but a lot of things aren't constitutional. So... I am with, let's go ahead and start throwing more women on the courts and all that kind of stuff. And let's let's start playing a supportive role. Uh, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see, Carl Cox, welcome aboard. He says, crony capitalism, GOP idea of capitalism never worked for the bottom 90% in terms of wealth. Conservatives on all courts at all levels of government work against the bottom 90% work for the top one. That's true. What I want to do in, my, in, in, in the things that I'm doing right now, brothers and sisters, I want to do to capitalism what Republicans had done to the word liberal. I want people to see capitalism and just see what, how it has hurt people. And I want to uplift the word free enterprise. I want to uplift the word free enterprise and a social safety net. Those two together. Because when you talk about capitalism, remember, what we're talking about is something that values capital it's a capitalism stands for a system that values capital over everything else including humanity uh bridge mcp says wait back up what does court packing mean court packing means adding judges to a court and in this case adding justices to the supreme court the Constitution does not specify how many justices must sit on the bench, so Congress can change the number from the current nine simply by passing a law. If the president signs it, they would then have another seat to fill. If there, if, if there, 
is is there precedent for adding to the court? Yes. The number of justices has occasionally changed at different points in history. The court started off with six. Uh, George Washington nominated judges, a number that shifted with the political tide for the next eight decades. So I love my peeps. My peeps research and they give us the fact. By the way, that is very true, Bridge MCP. Deb Denny says, matriarchal societies are more inclusive. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's not hard to understand. I mean, I don't, look, I don't know if this has anything to do with uh, the chromosomes, you know, right? I don't think it does. I think it has to do with the history that you've gone through. I mean, you can say the same thing about, if you, if you go ahead and, and, and take a look at the accept, how accepting uh, a, a, a nuclear black family, and not even a nuclear, when I say nuclear, I'm not talking about the generic nuclear black, the ne generic nuclear that everybody talks about. But when you look at, let's say, a nuclear black family or a nuclear Latino family, it has a, a much larger sense of inclusivity and I think a lot of that has to do with history, not anything within people themselves, but history. People that had to live together, people that had to do quite a whole lot of things otherwise, people that had to team up. Uh, when you live in a society where individualism pays, in other words, if for those people who have uh, been taught a strong individualism and that they are able to be successful in an individualistic society, that actually breaks the family. And that's what a lot of folks don't get, you know, and that, you know, but those are for other times to discuss. Uh, let's see. The Constitution does not, I think I read that one. British MCP, countries led by women have fared better against coronavirus. Very true. Okay, the next tape is uh, Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg? Is it Pete Buttigieg? Yeah, I think it's Pete Buttigieg. I uh, had something to say about Texas. And you saw what I played about Texas. Wow, we're kind of Texas-centric today. Both Stephanie Rule and uh, Pete Buttigieg, the new transportation secretary, slammed Texas. She first says, uh, Texas was not a weather event. It was a deregulation event. And what did Pete Buttigieg says? You know, uh, sometime you're going to have to find out that ideologically you're backwards. But he says it very, very tactfully. I want you to listen to this, and then let's take it on the other side. Then how do you help states who vote against it? Look what just happened in Texas. Texas was not a weather event. It was a deregulation event. They chose to deregulate year after year, and then their system wasn't prepared when they had a one-off weather crisis. That's right. I mean, these really ideological experiments are catching up to us. Uh, this decision to dismantle uh, a lot of our shared public infrastructure is, is literally why we can't have nice things in this country. This is our chance to change that. I mean, the sight of Texans melting snow in their bathtubs so they could flush their toilets uh, is not befitting of, of any country, certainly uh, a country that views itself as, as leading the world. But let me also say, you know, in Texas, the city of Austin passed an initiative for infrastructure. Same thing happened in, in uh, a lot of communities and a lot of states. I think people are ready to invest in things like this when they know what the dollars are going to. And, uh, you know, this president has made it very clear that he does not view America in terms of red and blue. Uh, he knows that an American citizen, whether they are in a red state, a blue state, or a purple state, has an equal claim on the American dream and an equal claim on our responsibilities of federal administration to support them. You know, when are red states going to take get tired of 
Republicans holding them back. In Missouri, they just uh, in August, they passed a, a, a constitutional amendment saying we want the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act so that over 200,000 of our citizens can get health care. And right now, their Republican legislature is trying to go against the will of most Missourians. Here in Texas, same thing. Here in Texas, deregulation, deregulation, deregulation has hurt the vast majority of citizens in this state. We are the worst state with insurance. We are the worst states with electricity as far as pricing's, pricing is concerned, or one of the worst states as far as pricing is concerned, because supposedly deregulation makes things more efficient. Deregulation, it is false, it is ridiculous, and it must end, and we will end it. Absolutely so. Okay, let me let me talk to Brother Eric here. Brother Eric says uh, he has no place judging Texas. Ironically, right here in our feed, we've heard Brother Eric Hayes judge New York and other blue states, right? And they've done this and they've done that. I think the transportation secretary has the right to say, well, you know, if Texas had followed what we told them to do 10 years ago, because we told them, this could happen because it similarly almost happened 10 years ago in Texas based on how their system is set up. I think he has the right to say it. Texas killed 200 people because they didn't listen to the regulators. To those who regulate other states, they advise Texas, hey guys, you need to weatherize your plants. Okay? You need to weatherize your plants. It doesn't matter, Hayes, if it's a, if he's public or not. Actually, he has more right to criticize Texas than you do. He knows the numbers. You don't. He has the figures. You don't. Let's get clear here. The man has all the rights to say, we gave you the information that you needed across your entire country. And we are in your state. We told you 10 years ago, your state was not prepared for a freeze. We told you your grid, which is not connected to the national grid, because you wanted to do things your way, that this would happen. You knew it. And you did nothing about it. You, you chose capital over people. You chose capital over humanity. You chose the profits of a few and hurt the many. And then now the many has to come to your rescue. That's a fact. And he does not have to be, had been around 10 years. The government said it. And you know what he knows what to do? He knows how to read history. And he can read the past. That's the one thing about liberalism. We love to learn. And we love to change our minds when we're wrong. But we like to come out and tell the truth. And Texas screwed up and killed. So Texas is a mass. Look, the Texas Republican uh, government. And I'll, this is going to be controversial. But I mean it to the core of my heart. The Texas Republican government should be considered mass murderers. I repeat, the Texas Republican 
legislature that did not accept the Medicaid expansion to the, to the affordable care, that did not ch choose to tell their citizens, mask up, stay in, and those that have allowed the freeze, all these things knowingly would kill people. And we know exactly how they die based on these particular policies. It's not like we think this may just happen. We knew these things were going to happen. If a mass killer with a gun just popping people off, we would throw them in jail. You know, I wrote an article uh, a few, I think a couple years ago, and, and, and uh, Tom Hartman played it on his, um, on his show. And what I said is, should politicians be held accountable for mass? I mean, should be held accountable like doctors. What do you call that stuff that doctors go through? Um, when, when you have a, a when, how do you hold doctors accountable? I forget what it's called. Uh, of course, for what it's called, um, liable. Should they be held liable? And I wrote the article, and I'm working out one day, and I'm listening to uh, the Tom Hartman show. And he says, Egberto Willis wrote a piece at Daily Coast that says, we should charge politicians with malpractice. Thank you, Julie Van Asdel. Thank you. And, you know, I said to myself, yeah, it's not only malpractice. I wrote that and, and Tom Hartman played that on his show. But what I should have said in the article, the article was not harsh enough. At this point in time, it is time to charge these guys with murder. Because having the money on the table, we've left $50 billion on the table. We have left Texas. We paid our taxes. Texans have paid our taxes. We paid our taxes. And we've given it away to every other state that accepted the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. And in the process... A lot of Texans have died from the lack of insurance that the federal government says we will pay the first year 100%. Thereafter, your state just has to pay 10% and we cover the other 90%. Murder. They told you, look, if you wear a mask, a mask has a, a N95 or any one of these mask coverings. They prevent droplets from coming into your nose. And, you, and if you sneeze through one, you prevent it from attacking somebody else. Okay? Right. That's what we do. The masks work. We get these promoters, these influencers, these killers to go out there and say, masks, that's messing with my freedom. What about my freedom from having to inhale your germs? When you exhale your germs onto us all, we die. So they don't allow these laws to be passed. Another form of murder by our Texas legislature, by our governor. And then we have the Texas freeze. The Texas freeze was foretold 10 years ago. And we have a governor that comes out and lies to people. Oh, the windmills stopped. Uh, the windmills froze, and that's the reason why we have the that we don't have electric. No, it's a lie. We couldn't pump the gas. We couldn't. We couldn't get the gas out of the ground to the power stations because the power stations don't store gas on store gas at location because it 
it's if it's if it's in storage, guess what it means? It's not making money, so we won't do it. We won't profit as much, so we won't do it. So we just have gas in time, gas in time. So there's no gas storage on site. So all these power plants starts to go down, and Amer and, and Texans die. Who killed them? Did they have to die? No. Who killed them? Our Texas legislature. Our Texas legislature killed them. So let's get real. Let's put blame where it belongs. And you want to know who's following into the right footsteps? Even though the people are telling folks in their, their government in Missouri, we want the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. Check this out. Well, Actually, we're at the halfway mark. So let me do my ask first, and then I'm going to show you the Rachel Maddow's piece where we talk about that. Anyway, folks, please, 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 just like you see on the screen, Julie Van Astel became our latest uh, member of the PDR Posse. Please consider joining. So if you are on YouTube right now, click that Join button and become a member of the PDR Posse. And just like I have Julie Van Astel on the screen right now, I'll throw you up as well. How do you do that? Click that Join button. On the, on the screen, and that, uh, that gives you the ability to be a part of our PDR posse. But look, alternatively, what you can do is go ahead and join us via YouTube. How do you do that? You click on this baby. Hold one second. I got to get to my thing here. You know, sometimes I'm a little bit late. Sometimes I'm a little bit, you know what, but I am going to get it right. There we go. All right. You can join us by... If, you don't, if you're not on our YouTube screen, just click on politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube, and you will become a member of our PDR Posse alternative. And by the way, those of you who are in the PDR Posse or, or not, it doesn't matter, consider getting our cup, the PDR Posse cup, designed by Bridge MCP, our PDR Posse leader. And there is a cup, and there are people who bought the cup. Well, in case of Roberto Luisi, bought them all. But um, let's go ahead and, and, and support as well. You can also support us via what's called Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsandright.com slash Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can also support us via PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Again, you can join the PDR Posse by going to politicsandright.com slash YouTube. That would be another form of supporting us. Anyhow, folks, um, that book that you see on the screen right now uh, is a book that I wrote called How to, How to, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. Please consider getting my book. It is at that Amazon link that I just put into the field. But, but, pero, 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 pero. Uh, if you want to get rid of the middleman, please go directly to our store, politicsandright.com slash store. You can get all the books that we have as well as our t-shirts, our hoodies, all of that. And if you're on YouTube, you can also buy, there's a, there's a rack there that you can buy some of our products as well to help support this show. Uh, click on that thing and you see all the different things we do. We work very hard for the cause, I promise you. 16 hours a day in the case of myself, uh, we work very hard for the cause. Okay. I think that's enough of asking for support. I know you guys will support in due time. So please consider hitting that join button and becoming a part of our PDR posse. Okay, Rachel covered the story about Missouri like nobody else can. Let's go ahead and play this and then we'll take it on the other side. For a time now, we've been talking about 
the Republican Party not being a Democratic Party. In other words, it's a small d Democratic. And they continue to do it over and over again. Look at what they did in Georgia. They made sure that voting is more difficult. They made sure that the legislature, which already is not, uh, which is not voted in by the majority of the people, to make sure that they can overturn elections. That's what they did. Now in Missouri, the voters have spoken, and look at what they're doing. Check this out, and we'll take it on the other side from Rachel Maddow. In Missouri this week, Republicans in the state legislature became the latest Republicans to try to block people in their state from getting health insurance. Voters in Missouri overwhelmingly approved a ballot measure requiring the state to expand eligibility for Medicaid. And I know that sounds like Washington ease. What it means, very simply, is that hundreds of thousands of Missouri residents who currently don't have health insurance would get it. Republicans in Missouri we're very, very much against this referendum. This is a state that picked Trump over Biden by 16 points. In the same election, they re-elected the Republican governor, they re-elected a Republican legislature, but Republican leaders in the state, for as red a state as Missouri is, for as much of a grip as the Republican Party has on the state of Missouri, Republican leaders in the state told Missouri voters, don't you dare vote on this referendum that people should get health insurance. Don't you do it. They told them in no uncertain terms that people had to vote no. Republicans wanted to stop this thing so bad, they even moved the vote on it to what they thought would be a sleepy little primary date in August where nobody would bother coming out to vote. They thought that would give them a better chance of voting this thing down. But Missouri voters absolutely came out to vote and they voted for it in big numbers. Republicans told them to vote no, they voted yes with an exclamation point. Uh-oh, that means that more than 200,000 people in Missouri are going to get health insurance. That can't be. So this week, Republicans in the state legislature are refusing to do it. The voters, by passing that referendum, established it actually wrote it into the state constitution that people would have to be able to get health insurance in this way. Republicans are literally having to defy state law and their state constitution to... To, to do this, but they are insisting, they are refusing what that referendum said. They will not allow hundreds of thousands of poor people in Missouri to get health insurance, no matter what the voters say, and no matter the fact that it's paid for. The Kansas City Star editorial board just lost its mind at the Republicans in Missouri for doing this today, saying, quote, they're turning down billions of federal dollars. They are ignoring the voters. They are violating the state constitution. Why? This is not me talking, this is the Kansas City Star. Quote, because they hate the poor, there can be no other explanation. That hatred is so intense, it overrides greed, political ambition, even respect for the law. Quote, far too many Republican lawmakers don't want this to be a state where even one poor Missourian gets treated for a cough or a broken finger. Kansas City Star editorial board absolutely just in disbelief that Republicans in Missouri are refusing to obey a new law passed by the voters because it would give people health insurance. You know what is more shameful about this? The party that claims to be pro-life refuses to give the health insurance to its citizens that will save lives, prevent many of them from dying. The party that says they are for a law and order decided to defy a law created by their voters. They decided not to follow the law. They decided to violate the law. And lastly, but not least, this party 
that claims it is fiscally responsible has left billions of dollars on the table just because of an ideological disbelief in what they should be doing. A state like Texas, my state, over the last 10 years has left $50 billion on the table. Now think about what that would mean if they had that money to offset medical costs. Think about what that could mean for our educational system. Think about what that could mean for lowering taxes for the masses. Think about what that could mean to keep and save lives. So we all understand now that the Republican mantra of fiscal responsibility, law and order, and pro-life are nothing more than slogans that mean absolutely nothing. So if you are one of my Republican friends, please remember to tell your politicians that they should try to live up to the rhetoric of which they speak. They should definitely try to live up to the rhetoric to, of which they speak because it really means absolutely nothing. When you take a look, when you listen to that piece, right, it's like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. At first, you know, you, you can understand, okay, uh, we know most polls say, you know, you, you go check the polls. Uh, all the polls, if you check every single poll, you find out that progressive ideas is what Americans want. You go ahead and, and, and don't, don't just take my word for it. Just go to any pollster. Go to, go to, uh, go, go to, uh, what? I can't believe I just lost every single poll. That, 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 I lost the ability to think of every single poll right now. Uh, go to YouGov. It says the same thing. Uh, go, go to, uh, what's a, the biggest one? All the polls say the same thing. They say, if you, if, you don't, if you don't qualify an idea, if you go ahead and ask people what they want, do you want everybody to have equal access to, to health care? Yes. Would you like to see any doctor that you can see? Yes. Would you like to eliminate uh, co-pays? Yes. Would you like to eliminate um, having to uh, have uh, what you call these things? The, not the deductibles, but um, the, yeah, the deduct do you want to eliminate deductibles? Yes. You ask everybody these questions. And every single, Gallup is what I was talking about, every single poll, if you ask them individual questions, you see that what they want are progressive values. The Republicans were very smart. What they did is they tied progressive values with social values in a certain way, with a certain, uh, and also they, they pray to the fears of people. So they tie liberals who want these values that everybody want, with also wanting these social policies that may not have the uh, the 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 sixty percent or seventy percent uh, polling that you'll have from others, right? And you sit back there and you think for a second and you say, "Wait a minute. Uh, why then do these people constantly vote against your own interest again? They do it because it is a calculated. It was done in a calculated manner by the psychologists and psychiatrists that work with the Republican Party to tell you." to tell you that you really don't want what you really want or somehow you can do without for the better good. That is what it's all about. And that is what we got to solve. 
that is what we got to take care of. Okay, let me go back to my stuff and read what my peeps are saying. Uh, let's see. Damn, it's okay. Thank you for pushing that, that, uh, for pushing the PDR posse. Preach, Egberto, I have been saying since this April 2020, Trump, Republicans, mafia mobs need to be arrested, charged, prosecuted uh, against you with the assassination against humanity. That's what they're doing. Yeah, assassinating humanity. I'm not going to couch your words. I believe that myself. It was willfully done to uh, depopulate the middle, poor working class. Well, I mean, I don't know that they, they don't care about depop. They don't, they don't think that deep. They, don't, they, they just think, those politicians only think as deep as necessary to make a dollar. That's it. BGMCP, when people vote, they, they still don't listen. Now that is against everything. But you know what, what they listen? They listen when, when it materially affects them immediately. That is why... That is why Biden got as many votes that he got. A lot of people started to come out and say, oh, uh, you know, a lot of people, let, let, let's, let's get this right. Biden won in a landslide, but somehow the Congress didn't come along. And the reason why is people went out there and they went against their, what they really thought they wanted to do. And they went and they voted for Biden but then that piece of that that part of them that kept on saying, but I can't go full liberal, I can't go full progressive, even though that's what I want. I gotta go with my local congressman. And that's what they did. All right, Julie Vanassel says there is a cure for being a Republican. I'm proof. I'm 60 years old and I voted Republican in every single election until Trump won the nomination in 2016. Turns out that I never truly was one. I hear that a whole lot. I hear that a whole lot. Um, like I said, I don't have to ask my good friends. And that's why I, I love everybody. That's why I'm friendly with all my folks. Because I know they want the same thing that I want, right? And the same thing that I want is based on progressive policies. And they want the same thing too. They just won't call it that because the Republicans have already equated liberal and progressive with evil. So they think if they say they like progressive policies, so if you get rid of the word and you just ask them if these are the things that they want, they say yes. And not everybody's like you, Jan, uh, Julie Van Asdel, that immediately jump off the bandwagon and go on to sanity. Not everybody does that. Nobody. Not even progressives themselves, when they have to leave certain ideas, would they do that? It's a human, it's a human deficiency in a large percentage of the population of which all of us at some point in our lifetime have suffered from. You have to be intentional. Like, Julie, you were intentional when you made that change. There was a trigger to your intentionality. Thank God. Uh, Lee Grant says, specify. Lee Grant says, the, text, the state of Texas made the claim that the people who would have been added uh, to the expanded Medicare were already covered by state and health programs. It was just accounting change plus a way for more federal control. Texans tend to resist federal overreach. That's a lie. How many different ways do we have to say we left $50 billion on the table? Okay? Let's even, let's even say that that was true. Let's go under the assumption that that lie you just told there, that you didn't tell a lie, that that lie that you are repeating from others. Let's just assume that was true. You're still leaving $50 billion on the table because there is that hole that covers people that make too much for Texas Medicaid, but does not make enough for Obamacare, that fall into that window that covers Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. 
That is where that $50 billion lies. And with Texas having more than 7 million people uninsured, shouldn't that tell you something? That just maybe for the sake of humanity, you insure those people? Think about it. Just for the sake of humanity, just because we love humanity, just because we love people, wouldn't you take the money and forget your ideology because you're going to, you're not, look, and if you want, and if you want to not forget ideology and you want to couch it in a different terminology, just say, well, you know, we, uh, money circulates and if we have $50 billion more circulating in the Texas economy, that means so many more hospitals can get built. All those rural hospitals that are closing around the state. And this is what hurts me the most. My rural brothers and sisters, Brenham, Texas, Timbuktu, Texas, their hospitals are closing. Their hospitals are closing because they don't have the funding for those farmers that make too much for Medicaid and not enough for Obamacare. So those hospitals don't have sources of income because when those people go to get service that they can't afford, guess what happens? They can't get it. They can't. And what happens then is they lose their hospitals, which means if they get sick, they have to travel further. But it's not only that if they get sick, they have to travel further. If they have an emergency, given that, it, that emergency vehicles take longer to get to them, then what happens is that they stand a high risk of dying. So people, let's start, let's start being a bit more. Let's start being a bit more. What's the word that I'd like to use? Uh, it is so important. It is so important that we understand what's going on here. Look, you can be the change. All of us can be the change. And this is where I get on my soapbox. You can forget your ideology when it comes to humanity. And that's a good excuse. It is an ex it's always going to be a good excuse to say, even though I don't believe, uh, I don't believe in the progressive mantra, but whatever. But what I have to do to save the life of another person, I will have to do. I have couched, uh, I have, I've, I've held my tongue many a times for the better good of another person. And it's something that we have to do. Eric says, Eric Hayes, how do you pay the upcoming trillions as you think the rich will pay? Ha ha. They won't and they'll take their money elsewhere. Eric, they don't have where to go, period. Okay. The rich doesn't have anywhere to go. The rich can only be rich in America because we have the American Navy, Army, Air Force, and Marine to protect their assets. When they say they're going to take their, where are they going to take their money? To the Ireland, to the Bahamas, to the UK? None of these countries are strong enough to protect their assets. The reason why people don't leave, Anywhere they no, they don't. Again, 
if they take their money to the Bahamas and the Bahamas rip them off, they have no, they have no, uh, they, they all, the best they can do is say, America, please come and save us. They take their money to France. France changes the law. What do, what recourse do they have? The rich makes you, wants you to believe they have more power than they do. They don't. The people with the power are us. The problem is that we have yet to realize that we have the power. As long as we have our minds in chains, as long as we think that they really rule, they rule. But when we start to acknowledge our worth, and I have a section in my new book called Asserting Your Worth. When you are able to realize that all of us, you know, it's, it, it is just like when, uh, when people start talking about things like, uh, oh my God, uh, I am going to do X, Y, and Z. When that, when that rich first said, oh, when, when Pete Buttigieg says, I want to start charging per mile use of the highway. Then I say, but wait a minute, that rich guy doesn't use the highway. He jumps in his helicopter and he goes somewhere else. He goes somewhere else. I want you guys to start acknowledging your worth. U.S. is being weakened over and over. What? Let me see if that makes any sense. Over and over, doing it ourselves by policy. That Explain your... Look, first of all, that's a very good statement, Eric. By doing things ourselves, you're absolutely right. We have weakened ourselves. But that is the mantra that the plutocracy has pushed. It's that simple. Eric Hayes again says, Pete has no sense of reality. No, no, Pete is a very smart guy. And the reason Pete said uh, a per mile tax is he was trying to placate the right. People on the right loves, loves, uh, loves um, toll roads and that sort of thing. They love recessive taxes. They love recessive taxes. Oh, they love things like flat taxes. They don't take into account that when Tom C. drives to work, or when anybody drives to work, if they have a per mile tax, they are paying, they are providing money to that plutocrat who has hired them. If we all have, let's say we all work for Exxon. Let's do this. Let, let, let me give, let me break it down for you. Let's say we all work for Exxon. And all of us live different places. And we all have to drive to work at Exxon. And we're all charged a per mile tax to drive to Exxon. And let's say the executives at Exxon and the shareholders, first of all, the shareholders of Exxon, they're just using their capital, they stay home. But the executives at Exxon, they drive into work like everybody else. But they make a whole lot more money than the average worker driving into Exxon. But the per mile tax is per mile tax. So we are driving into Exxon to provide our services that creates the profit for Exxon's shareholders who are not paying the per mile taxes. So in the form of us paying a per mile tax to go to work that enriches the wealthy, we are also transferring our monies to the wealthy because we are being asked to pay the price to support the wealthy. I wrote another piece that says it's the wealthy who are the freeloaders because all of us do the work. 
When Amazon's guy stays at home and makes $160 billion or $200 billion, and, and we have those people fighting to deliver packages, Eric, you just said spin, spin, spin. Explain what in that is not sensible. You said spin. Don't be like a right winger. Tell me exactly what did I say that does not make any sense or does not follow the mathematical model of reality. Please. That's all I ask you. Don't give an excuse as spin, spin, spin. Tell me where you think I am wrong. And then I can respond to that. Just saying spin or just saying fake news. That's not the way you have a dialogue. If you want to counteract what I'm saying, you see, what gets me the most, my brothers and sisters, is so many people are carrying the water for the people who are screwing them. So many people. Public roads are socialism, actually. Yes, it's true. So many people, they fight so hard for the rich. And the rich doesn't give a damn about them. The rich thinks about themselves first. And here's a story. I forgot that was my last subject to cover today. Look how I was forgetting about it. This is a story that you should be thinking about. While many Americans are suffering, here's the title. We need to tax the rich. Global billionaires have grown $4 trillion wealthier during the pandemic. Unless we tax the world's billionaires, the legacy of the pandemic will be accelerated concentrations of wealth and power. And how did that happen? Well, the only people that could afford to work within this pandemic in a manner that doesn't sicken people are the people who had the capital to do so. And those were the big companies. That's why Amazon got so big and powerful. And I have no problem. Get big and powerful, but tax it back out of them. Because it is our money. It is not theirs. It's not theirs at all. Yesterday you agreed his idea was bull and now you spin it wrong. I st again, I, I am very consistent, Eric, very consistent. And to show you how consistent I am, and I'm, then I'm gonna, uh, I have to end the show, but to show you how consistent I am about uh, Buttigieg, I wrote an article about Buttigieg today. And here is the article which I explain it perfectly. I said, I'm, I'm just going to read the latter part of the article if it will come up. Come on, come up. Don't embarrass me in the public. Come on, article. Please come up, article. Please come up. All right, it seems like my website has slowed down. It must be getting a lot of hits. Anyway, let me tell you what I said in the article. What I pointed out in the article is something that is very important. And what is important is the following. Buttigieg was silly when he made that, uh, that, that statement. Uh, come on, I want to read the... I want you to see that it's... I, I just didn't think about it now that you're talking about it. Because yes, and again... Here's the deal, Eric. Do not do what uh, right-wing conservative political hacks do. Don't try to conflate what I said about Buttigieg today, yesterday with what I said today, especially given that they were on two different issues. Don't conflate them based on personalities. Work based on facts. And if we work on facts... We would have less disagreements in just about everything. But what Republican politicians like to do is they try to get you working on things other than facts. I can't, the article won't come up, but let me tell you what I said in the article. I said, Buttigieg was on, uh, was on today with Stephanie Rule, 
and he's, he made a very smart statement about Texas and how the, the ridiculous their ideology was that kills people. Yesterday I said Buttigieg was full of it when he started to talk about the per mile tax. At the end of the article that I wrote today, I said the following. Let me send the article. You're right. Here's the article that I wrote this morning. That's the article right there. All right. I just placed it in the feed. What I said in the article tonight is that, or, or this morning, is that Buttigieg made a mistake when he said that. And I was glad to see that another article came out on, I don't remember what, what network, where he backtracked from that. And, and here's what I wrote. The article finally came up. I wrote the following. I was concerned a bit when it, in a previous interview, Buttigieg seemed to suggest he would be okay with a per mile tax. He backtracked on that quickly. The reality is there should, there should neither be a per mile tax or gas tax. Those who drive on roads many times are serving others and going to a job that enriches others. Roads should come from general tax funds. We will pay, period. So I'm very consistent in my narrative. Very, very consistent. So if you're here, when, if, I, if I make a mistake, I'll admit it. But I'm very consistent in the narrative. So please, reread that artic article and see what I'm talking about. Anyway, folks... Got to get out of here, but let me tell all my peeps, hi, Mr. R, welcome aboard, hi, Coop333, welcome aboard, Eric Hayes, welcome aboard, Carl Cox, welcome aboard, uh, let's see who else is here, Tag777, welcome aboard, uh, Bridge MCP, Tom C, Julie Van Ostel. Uh let's see who else is here, uh, para ver quien más está aquí, let's get to the top, let's get to the top, Deb Denny, welcome aboard, Lee Grant, welcome aboard, A. Paul Paul Fleming, welcome aboard. Uh, coming down, coming down, coming down, coming down, coming down. I'm almost down. Julie, I think I got Julie Van Astel. Uh, let's see, I'm coming down. And Julie, it's our new member today. Let's see, who else is this? Deborah John, welcome aboard. Uh, Carl Cox, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see, I'm scrolling down slowly. Li Charlie Lindahl, my brother. I got to give you a call later on. Super busy, super busy, doing a whole lot of stuff. We'll get you tonight or tomorrow morning. Uh, let's see, who else is here? Uh, let's see who else is here. Who else is here? Carl Foster, welcome aboard. Um, I'm going down still. I'm going down. If I missed you, forgive me. I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.